0: Honestly, thought it it played a factor a little bit in the game, but I, I thought it didn't really play that much of a factor.
1: No, I didn't. I mean, both teams fumbled the ball both a couple times. You know, Jamie, one of their fumbles went out of bounds, luckily for them. But yeah, both teams had turnovers due to it. But I think overall, it wasn't like a. I mean, we weren't outside, but from from upstairs, it didn't look like it ever got to you know be fifty mile hour winds and a driving rain. Mm-hmm. So I think you know otherwise. The team has ran the ball for most today, so I don't think it really affects it too much other
0: than, you know, a fumble here and there. Dukes are 4-0, a lot of the uh, conversation during the uh, the conference call with uh, with Coach Signetti was about, hey, don't you wish you could play for more down, down the stretch? And <laughs> even at the end, he kind of got a little shot in that, you know, that rule is antiquated and uh, it does hurt the student-athletes, so he got a little jab in there a little bit, but... Um, is there is there some talk that they is there somehow they could put in a waiver and make a bull? again there's a lot a lot of season left they would have to do a lot still this season to to be able to do that but is there any way that they could
1: I mean I have to I haven't looked at the NCAA's like rules at it but you know they're already planning to petition a waiver in december for you know next year's season to be able to eligible on that so I mean I in theory I guess you could, you know, submit a waiver and try to expedite it to as soon as possible type deal. Um, but I think, you know, there's a long way and Coach Cignetti talks about there's a long way between now and then and, and obviously if they're ten and one, nine and two at that point, one of the top group of five teams, I think the thought comes in everyone's heads because not only could you be eligible for the conference title game, which, you know, if you're nine and two you're probably the, the East Champ, but also you're eligible for you could possibly end up in a New Year Six Bowl and and you know how those can help out athletic programs and as well as the conference. So I think overall, if, if they get to that point to where you know a near six bowl is looking at them and, and they'd want them to come, I think there might be an opportunity for for Jeff Bourne and Keith Gill to kind of get on the phone with the NCAA and try to push for it. But I think oh, there's still you know seven games left, a power five put on the schedule, so right. long way between now and then.
0: Well, and even if, like you said, if they were nine and two or ten and one, even if they submitted the waiver. I I still feel like it's not going to get accepted. I just don't know that it would pass. I don't <laughs> I just I know some other teams have done it in the past to try and speed things up and it just it hasn't worked. So I don't know that it would even work.
1: Yeah, I mean they're already trying to submit a waiver rate right? to speed up right. the process a little bit to Which get Which I think one. that so, one might work. I think that one might well it sounds better. I mean every time that Jeff Warren talks about it he sounds pretty encouraged. So I think yeah. that one's probably on path to going through, but in my thinking is if you go to the NCAA and said, you know what, instead of submitting the one to, to sit one year, we want to not sit at all. There's, you run the risk of the NCAA denying both of them. Yeah, I agreed. You're yep. kind of stuck.
0: Yeah, no question about that. So you kind of it's kind of one of those things when you pick your battles <laughs> on what you're going to do. So again, that's all down the road. Uh, JMU fans can talk about it, but uh, they've got to go win some football games to be able to be in that situation to go do that. We're talking with Noah Fleischman with the Daily News Record. He is a JMU football beat writer for the paper. Read more of their stuff. Get online as always at dnronline.com. What'd you make of the game? I know it wasn't the prettiest game, um, but but JMU, even the last two games, like. There's been situa- In the third quarter, they had four possessions where it was turnover, turnover, three and out, three and out, and they're still winning games 40-13, to 13, rallying from 25-point deficits. They're not playing their best football, but they're still getting 460 yards of offense, and they're still doing a lot of really good things, but this team can be so much better, too.
1: It could be. I mean, we. we I think I talked to you at halftime of uh, the game last weekend, and they were up 19 nothing, and honestly could have been 35 nothing just the amount of different errors and things happening on the field. So, yeah, they're not obviously playing pretty football. They're not playing the game they had against Middle Tennessee, which was a pretty flawless game. There was a couple of errors, but their best game probably of the year, um, just execution-wise, the last couple of weeks has been a rocky road. Obviously, you're in conference play. It's a tough conference to play in, and nobody's denying that. They've, they've pulled out on the winning side of both of them. But, yeah, if they're playing their best football, I think this is a team that, that could win by a wider margin of 40-13.
0: You know, are you concerned with uh, Tazanteo getting injured the last couple of weeks? And he, he looked fine, and but then he got hurt on the throat of Chris Thornton early in the second half. He came back and still he didn't look, didn't look bad. But with, with how he plays, is that a concern moving forward? And I guess it always is with running quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at times it is. I mean, obviously against App State, he took a shot in the first series and was playing with a sore shoulder the rest of the day. And then against Texas State, you know, he came off the field for. Uh, the last couple plays with Drive they ended in a touchdown. It was in the medical 10. And, and Chris Nettie said he lost. He was winded on that one. But he's taken some big hits in the pocket at times. Also, when you're running around, you're obviously prone to getting hit pretty hard. But I think it might be something they try to talk to and say, hey, don't run the ball. He didn't run that much against Texas State, though. He only had nine carries. So mm-hmm. he brought it down a little bit. And I think they might still want to protect him a little bit more. And then you might see maybe next weekend they put a running back in the backfield to kind of have a little more pass protection just to keep him on his feet a little bit more. Even. After you get through the ball, they can still kind of put a hit on you right afterwards.
0: The one thing he does do a good job of is getting down, getting out of bounds. I mean, I, I think mm. he's he's a veteran guy that's been through this. He, he wants to last the season too. So he does a good job of that. Just he came out for a couple of plays and uh, it looked like it was hand or his arm or something. It, I think it came through and might have hit the helmet of the, the defender. But again, he came back in and was fine. He's, he still completed passes and, and looked okay. But one thing we've learned, he is certainly a tough kid. As we talked to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record, he's the JMU sports, JMU football beat writer for that newspaper you know how about we talked preseason obviously that one of the the deepest rooms was that running back room it's been fun to kind of see a new guy step up it was Kalon last week Percy's done it earlier this year he led him in rushing after the first two weeks or the first week I guess Um, and now all of a sudden Latrell Palmer gets his chance didn't start the game but because Kalon was nicked up a little bit, goes for 27 carries. He, he carries the load for the most part, three touchdowns for him. But the running back room has kind of lived up to the expectations that we put on that running rack room, haven't they?
1: It has. I mean, we, we said it earlier in the year, you know, if, there, if there's a room that's going to have minor injuries where a guy can't play or play limited, I think that was the room that Big James could get away with. And, I mean, we've seen it. Um, Percy was out against App State. wasn't a problem with Kalon Black. If up and again, Buttrell, even though he fumbled, He was able to put that behind him, have three second half touchdowns, and really ran the ball really well. And I think, you know, after the game, he talks about wet games are his favorite to play in. And when you ask him why, it's because he's a big body and nobody wants to tackle a big dude running when he's wet. So obviously it worked out for him. And uh, I think, you know, it sounds like Percy would be okay and back for Arkansas State. But for the meantime, it wasn't a big deal that they were without. Percy and then Kalen Black there in the second half for most of the second half.
0: One thing I really liked was how they they got the running backs involved in the pass game, and in a, in a game like that, you might see a little bit more just because of the conditions, a little maybe some easier throws and things like that. But um, obviously Solomon had a big catch early in the game to kind of jumpstart them. But Latrell had a couple of catches. Um, KB had a had a catch or two, and, and uh, he has been the last couple of weeks had a touchdown the week before. I, I really like getting the backs involved. I think that opens things up for this offense too.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, getting a guy like Solomon Van Horst back helps you a lot with that. They tried using Wayne Knight in that kind of role the first couple games, and he he got a couple catches, but really wasn't the same burst of energy that, you know, he brings. Obviously, one catch, but he made it it worth his while and, you know, picked up 46 yards on that, so obviously it's going well. And, you know, I think they'll still mix in Wayne Knight, they still use him, but I think right now he's... You to take that that receiving back role a little
0: bit more. Solomon looks like he's close to being back, so that is it is certainly nice to have him back in that role because he can he can flourish in a role like that. No doubt about that. As we end, we talked to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record talking JMU football after their victory over Texas State, they go to Arkansas State coming up this week. We'll talk about that here in a second. Defensively, I I didn't think they dominated as as much as they did. I, I thought that team would be able to make some plays, and and they had a few runs, but. You know, we we talk about they gave up some running yards. They gave up 106. It's not like they gave up 300 rushing yards or 200 rushing yards. They gave up 106 and still lead the country. It's it's pretty amazing what this defense is doing.
1: Yeah, they gave up 106, which you know that's the most Jamie has given up. That was the most. That's more than they gave up in the first three games combined. But I don't think you know the, the team is too worried about you know how long can they hold all of their teams under 100 combined. Um. Obviously, that ended, but they're now you know. Even after allowing that, they moved up from the number three total defense to number one total defense in the FBS. So mm-hmm. you can kind of see that. You know, the, the bar might be set a little high when you think about it, but in the grand scheme of things, they're playing really well. They're allowed just over three yards to carry, which is what they want to average. you know, defensively, um, maybe that number is skewed a little bit by the final drive where Texas State kind of scored touchdown with no time left. But defensively played really well and got the linebackers involved making interceptions jalen walker with a pick six a week after he
0: thought he could have gotten a pick six Mm -hmm. so you know i think it's going well the one thing too that's impressing me is a couple of true freshmen in the secondary are are playing a lot of meaningful snaps obviously chauncey logan got his first career start we talked a little bit about him he missed a lot of fall camp um but but coaches even talked about him that that he's a guy that, that could be a difference maker and um it's fun to see him out there. With his size, He he's different at corner than, than most, most corners because, again, they're usually under six feet tall. He's 6'1", 6'2", has length and athleticism. He's a receiver, too. He can go, go get the football, but uh, I, I'm I'm kind of amazed what those two true freshmen are doing right now. They've stepped into some big roles, and they're playing really well.
1: They are. I mean, Chauncey Logan with two pass defended mm-hmm. um, against Texas State, against App, he came up in a big moment, you know, against Northrop State, he came up in a big moment. So, you know, he's a, these are two freshmen, him and Brent Austin, that kind of have to learn on the fly of, all right, you're, you guys are going to play a lot of minutes and, and, you know, make it work defensively. But Chaunty Logan, you know, if he wasn't hurt during fall camp, I, I could see a path of him starting game one yeah. and staying in that spot. I think now, if you think about it, he missed almost the entire fall camp, came back toward the last one in two weeks. So his fall camp is over now after practicing the last three weeks, so he's ready to go, and he obviously... Starting him in place of Xavier Coakley kind of showed
0: that. Yeah, he's playing really well. He doesn't even have a tackle yet, but he has five pass breakups to lead the team. So he's uh, he's doing his job as a corner, no doubt about that. We're talking again to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record. All right, this week, um, you know, one other thing on this one. I, I was impressed because we talked all week. You and I talked about it. Um, other people did. About a letdown, letdown, letdown after the big win over Appalachian State. Um, didn't see that. Didn't didn't sense that at all. The energy was pretty good. There really, I mean, there were some hiccups in the game. Obviously, um, first drive they went three and out. But some of that's Texas State's defense is also pretty good. I, I thought that showed some maturity off of this team that they didn't suffer a letdown at all, and they played pretty well and dominated for the most part.
1: No, they didn't. I think that's exactly what you want to see out of a team like JMU, who you know people say rank the Dukes. Well. I think if they keep playing like this and they avoid a letdown and they you know, keep playing well, I think that that could happen. But yeah, overall they played super a clean, maybe not a clean game, maybe not a complete game, but defensively dominated and that's kind of what opened up the offense a little bit better and was able to get some points on the board.
0: And as coach talked about, no no penalties. I pointed that out to him in the in the post game. He's just like. Really? <laughs> uh, no penalties. That doesn't happen very often. First time in, what, seven or eight years for the Dukes, but uh, that was that. We'll see if that can continue moving forward as they had some dumb ones the first couple of weeks. But now they turn their attention on the road the next two weeks, and I don't care what conference you're in, it's hard to win on the road in any conference. This will be a challenging couple of weeks, I think.
1: It is. I mean, they're four of the next five are on the road. So buckle up if you're, if you're going to games, get in your car and jump <laughs> on the road. But yeah, I mean, Arkansas State, they're a team that's good. I mean, traditionally, people pick them toward the bottom of the West, but right now, they're playing well. They've got a guy like James Blackman, a former four-star recruiter with the Florida State first, you know, at quarterback, and he can do some damage with on these ground and throwing the ball.
0: Seems like their offense is their strength. Last week, it was Texas State's defense the strength. I think the defense is going to be tested this week for JMU with Arkansas State's offense. They've got some receivers that are really talented, some backs. Um, you mentioned Blackman. He's, he's a talented kid. They, their offense is pretty darn good.
1: It is. I mean, it's it's you know you think of somebody, You don't really think of their offense being good, but when you look at it on paper and you look at who they've got, they've got the pieces to be a really good team. And this will be JMU. You know, we talked about the App State being a test, and it, the defense played pretty well for for three of the four quarters against App State. And I think you know if you put a similar performance, obviously don't try to let a team score twenty eight points in a quarter. But if you put a similar performance, I think you know you'll end up on the right side of, of things against against a team like Arkansas State. But It'll probably be the smallest crowd that Jamie's played in front of this year, and so that'll be kind of interesting to see how they can bring their energy and kind of bring it on the road like they did against App.
0: Kind of another test of how mature is this team, how can they handle things like that. So, again, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But that'll be a 7 o'clock kick coming up on Saturday in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Our first trip to uh, to Jonesboro as the Dukes take on the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. Noah, thank you so much for your time, my friend. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you later this week.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.